you and I, we could come up with an infinite amount of posts of quotes or topics, but getting our actual take or opinion on it is what's more difficult. That's what we're trying to capture here. Like if I say fail fast, right? Well, what does that actually mean? I know what it means. Aaron's opinion on it might be different. Your opinion might be different on it. So is getting that authentic take on it. Is that much of it? Is that not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 52 features Air Force Combat Controller Chief Master Sergeant Jared Pietris. He's one of the co-hosts of the Ones Ready podcast and someone whose perspective I truly respect. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. Well, well welcome to the welcome to the Royal Air Force podcast. I mean, veteran veteran made. Uh, I'm here with I'm here with Peaches from from Ones Ready. We are wrapping up July, which is um, AFSPEC War Month, uh, which I'm I'm super stoked about. I had the pleasure of being on the podcast with you and Aaron and Trent, and then talking to Steve Nesbit uh, from Shields and Stripes, and uh, it was it was really good for me to kind of get reintegrated into the community that that I started with in the Air Force. Um, and so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have been on your podcast, and thank you so much for coming on mine. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, well, one, thanks for having me, but also, you know, thanks for coming on ours. So I, uh, I'm a big fan of the the mutual support. And if you can, like, that's what we should be doing. We should be supporting each other, you know, for whether as a society, sure. But, uh, from veteran to veteran, we absolutely do need to be supporting ourselves. A raising yeah. tide raises all ships, the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've taken, you know, from from what we talked about when I was with with y'all supported versus supporting and coming in and out of those roles as uh, as needed here on social media and on these podcast platforms and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, totally agree. So if you could just give give the audience a bit of a primer on, on kind of who you are, where you're at in your career. And and I want to dive into some ones ready content creation. And then and also want to chat about as you're getting ready to retire, we're in a good position to talk to somebody who's right there getting ready to to take the next step so i'm excited to have this chat sure um so i go by peaches um i'm actually still an active duty combat controller i've been doing this for almost 25 years now and um came in when i was 17 did the did the you know air force special warfare at the time it was just cct and and pj pipeline looks a lot different now um and then, you know, spent time in Hurlburt Field, Pope Air Force Base or Pope Army Airfield. It was Air Force Base back then. Spent time overseas in, in the United Kingdom. Um, I'm on my second assignment here in Las Vegas. Uh, I've got time in Washington, got time in Florida, a couple different flight places in Florida. So um, it's kind of been all over. And then like, I, I love it. I've just been doing soft my entire or special operations uh, my entire career. So it's, it's been phenomenal. And we've talked about it on our podcast It's man, if, if I could do it all over again, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I wouldn't change anything. It was just, um, you know, at, especially, and you alluded to it as, as approaching retirement. Now I'm not, I haven't like applied for retirement or anything like that, you know, so I, I at least have a little over a year left, maybe, maybe more, but, uh, we'll see what comes with that. But and it's it's been an incredible ride, incredible people, 
amazing experiences. So I just, um, yeah, it's awesome. I would, I would do it all over again. And, and I got to say then as a disclaimer, uh, you know, these are my views, anything I answer and all that kind of stuff, my views, not the views of the DOD or the air force. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, um, to, uh, I guess I, I started a joke and then never finished it. The reason I said, welcome to the Royal air force podcast is because I, I did the majority of my, uh, active duty at, at RAF Lake and Heath in, in the UK. And you did it on the, you did some time, uh, eight years, I think you said on the other side of town at literally RAF Milton on, Hall. So that's literally the next street over kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why we were, uh, that's why we were, that's what we were for everybody. That's what we were chatting about before we, before we hit record. But, uh, but yeah, I, um, I mean, I miss those days. I miss, I miss the UK sometimes. And, uh, Great. I miss, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, how man. long did you spin over, spin over there? I was there for uh, like three years, just okay. just on just over three years because I did just under a year at at Lackland and, and um, Shepherd, and then and then went to to Lake and Heath. Man, that is a that is a great place. Um, are there are there other places that are probably um, more fun or more exotic? Uh, sure, right. Um, but the we have such close ties with the Brits. Um, you know, the Brits, Aussies, Kiwis, we have close ties with other countries too, but, uh, man, it's, um, what an awesome experience going over there, visiting all, you know, going all around the UK, going to other European countries. And, and you talk about growing up too and getting perspective. Um, you know, you, you do have folks here in the U S and this is everywhere, you know, they don't leave, they don't leave their town, their state or their country. And they just see what they see on the news or social media, never actually met an American, never actually met, uh, English, Scottish, Welsh, or, or, you know, a German or anybody like that. And they, it's tough to get that perspective until you've been over there. And, and then you, especially like for us, we got a chance to live it. Um, it's, it's cool. It gives you perspective. It, it really does. It was such a cool experience that, you know, when I joined the air force, I joined the air force, you know, initially to kind of get, get away from home, get some financial independence, get some kind of interdependence, um, with my family and just kind of level set myself. And, and, you know, obviously partly some patriotic things there growing up as a, as a nine 11 kid. Um, but the two things I really wanted to do in the, in the air force was deploy and travel. And so I got super lucky that I went to a unit that deployed, and there were other F-15 E models that were deploying Seymour Johnson and um, and uh, uh, Mountain Home and, and all of that stuff. So I, I could have gotten that opportunity to deploy from one of those two places, but then being able to travel and not just being able to travel, um, you know, as a civilian or you know, or in, in my civilian clothes from from England to Cambridge and London, but actually going as an ambassador of the U.S. Air Force. As, for, as an ambassador of the DOD, as an ambassador of, of, of the U.S., going to these other bases and working with NATO allies, you know, doing the tactical leadership program in Belgium. And, you know, we did, um, did some uh, TDY in Romania for six weeks, did a TDY in yeah, Belgium for six weeks, and then Sweden for six weeks, and just getting to not just travel, but go travel as a component of the DOD, as an asset, working with other assets and kind of understanding how NATO and the EU and all these different things work and really having this um kind of immersion in what we learned in history which is that you know like hey we have we have military bases all over the world because of these world wars that we fought and now it's like well now i actually get to go be a part of one of those bases and go to the, some of these others and um and have those experiences i just i got i got so lucky 
no offense to those that loaded bombs at at, at Seymour and at Mountain Home, but um, but I feel lucky. Yeah, I mean, you really are an ambassador when you you talk about your, uh, you know, we've talked about it on our podcast. If, if you are representing every time you leave the door or your online presence or whatever you want to talk about, you are representing a whole bunch of different things. You're representing your family name. Um, then you're representing, you know, and you could just build out family name. Then you're representing your community uh, in terms of, hey, I'm from Las Vegas. Then you're representing the job that I do. I'm, I'm representing, you know, I'm a combat controller. So if I'm the only combat controller that somebody sees, maybe that's what, that's a lasting impression. Same with Air Force, special operations. And then you could just build it. And then, hey, you're, you're, you might be the only American that somebody ever meets their entire life. So make sure that it's a good impression and not one that people are like, dude, boy, they totally live up to their reputation. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a unique, it's a unique experience that we get. Those of us that get to go be stationed, uh, over overseas. Um, so I'd, I'd love to kind of dive right into, to your portion of the ones ready story. So everybody's obviously kind of heard from, from Aaron and Trent already. So apologies that, that you're the third one to go here, but you know, I, I really want to hear from from your perspective how, when, and why you got integrated onto the team uh, for, for for the podcast, and and what initially made you, as an active duty controller, want to uh, contribute and participate in 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 the project. So much like everybody else that started a podcast, Joe Rogan, right? Um, I was listening to him for a while, and this is before this is. 2016, 2017. Um, and I was always sitting here going like, ah, I think it'd be fun to do a podcast. I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'd possibly talk about. Why would anybody listen to me? I still think, why would anybody listen to me? But like, at least I have something to talk about. So, and I, I don't know why uh, it, it was Brian and Aaron first um, the, in terms of hey, when they started talking about it. <clears throat> Why they picked me, I don't know, probably just because they they know or they knew me and and we had spent time at Nolan Hall. So, you know, uh, we all got along. We were all friends. So um, and Aaron and I didn't know Trent at the time. Brian had worked, was working or had worked with Trent. And so he had buy in there. Um, and we actually tried uh, a couple of different tactics to 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 get them on board before we even started recording. Um, but we just, we could never nail, nail one down, um, for, for long-term. And so we care about the, our community so much, PJ, CCT, SR, TACP, and it's, it's a way to give back. Um, and, and, you know, hey, hey, we're still serving and all that kind of stuff, but it's just a way to give back to a community or communities in the Air Force that, has done so much for us. Like it's, it's tough. And, I, and this is not a love affair with the air force. That's, I mean, the air force really messes some things up sometimes. Like it really does. So is the DOD, like, it, like nobody's immune to it, but the, and you, you've met some folks too that are kind of disgruntled or, or they got a bad rap, maybe as a bad supervisor commander, or they just, they just had a no kidding, bad experience, you know, the, an unfortunate experience. And, um, and I, I don't like that bothers me. Like I feel bad for the person and it bothers me. Like, man, I really hate that you had that poor of an experience. Like that really sucks. So, um, because I've had an incredible time, 
I've had 25 years of, of amazing times. And like, like I said before, I would do it all over again. Um, so I want to try and pass down those things to everybody else. And if I can help somebody make it through the pipeline or have a better career, or better their chances of making it through or help them decide where they want, which direction they want to go, then I'd like to do that. I just, I, <laughs> I get more out of talking to these recruits or people that want to cross train than they get from me. I promise that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's evident having knowing all of you and talking to all of you, but then all, and also being uh, you know, a consumer of the podcast and I don't listen to all those episodes because all those episodes aren't necessarily relevant to me. Right. But, but you can certainly hear and feel that and it comes across. And, and I think that that's an incredibly powerful thing and it's why the podcast is as successful as it is. On that note, you, you actually, you started where I was hoping you would start. So two things, one, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan always comes up, right? I was the same thing, 2015, 16, listening to Joe Rogan being like, man, this guy's kind of crazy. He just has the balls to just go out there and say whatever he wants. And like, you know, it, you know, it's, it's just wild. Like, that sounds cool. Like, I, I really enjoy that. And then you start to think about, like, well, maybe I, maybe I could do that. And so, so now there's a lot more podcasts. And so people might be either encouraged because there's so many more podcasts to start a podcast or discouraged because they feel like they might get kind of lost in the fray. But you, you all did something important, which was find the right fit, find the right team of people together. Can you talk a little bit about those dynamics and what makes the kind of the, you know, content creation today, what makes teaming up with the right people so important? And, and I'm sure the TACP guys that you talked to weren't bad dudes. It just maybe no. they weren't a right fit or schedule wasn't working. Could you just talk about the logistics of that at the beginning and how it's important to get it right? Um, and not to be too focused on like, Hey, it's gotta be perfect, but just getting it right along the way and kind of moving through that process. Oh boy. There's a lot to that. So just to clarify with the, the type that we had had, uh, one was they're both phenomenal human beings, um, phenomenal operators. It's just one had just gotten hired to go, uh, do a job at uh, the Pentagon in a very high profile position. And he's like, I, man, I love to do this. This is really important. I don't want to jeopardize this once in a lifetime opportunity for this. And I was, and we were all kind of like, yeah, man, like no harm, no foul. Like, yeah, absolutely. Cause we had, again, we were just forming this. We hadn't even recorded any content. Uh, and then the other one had just had a newborn that, um, so, you know, some stuff going on with, with him, with the newborn and everything like that. And it was just, bad time. It was like, yeah, cool. Like again, uh, great, great human beings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we naturally kind of work in teams, um, just for our job. So from, you know, all four of us at the time, we were, we had grown up in a team environment. Um, everybody has their own strengths. Everybody has their own weaknesses and we, you know, our jobs are to attach to other, you know, SEAL teams, Green Beret teams, Rangers, um, you know, for, for this in Mildenhall, you know, we were attaching to the, the German KSK and the Norwegian Jaeger Corps and all that kind of stuff. So um, we are used to kind of that push and pull of, of being in team dynamics. So that wasn't difficult for us. It was new territory though, considering like, okay, well, this is, this is business. We are not, 
doing this. Like this, the air force is not the boss telling us we have to do this. This is, we get to formulate our own way. Um, so there were definitely some, well, I think we should be doing this, or I think we should do in that. And then you also have to take into account like decisions or posts that I make or, or they don't just affect me. And I don't have the safety blanket of the air force. It, it's like, this is a business decision. And anything that I post is now going to impact the three of them and, and vice versa. So those kind of things were, you know, tough. We navigated, it wasn't like it was some detrimental thing or anything like that, but it was just that kind of understanding. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I'm curious, like in terms of a mindset shift, not even necessarily related to, to representing the other, the other three guys, although that's, I don't mean to dismiss that either. I'm, it's more of like thinking about, okay, I want to start something. It's a podcast. I'm going to put a microphone and some headphones on, have a conversation with people. And then I'm going to post content on a social media platform that I've been using just for fun now, but now it needs to have a purpose and drive traffic or drive like something. What was that mindset shift like for you? Were you a user of social media no. before? Like what was, no. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had gotten off of social media and 20 to <sighs> Sorry about that. Uh, 2012. I had deleted Facebook, deleted Twitter. I think I had had an Instagram account, but I can't remember because I think Instagram came out in 2012, 2011, 2012. So it was yeah. like new. I didn't really understand it. So, um, and I got to be honest, man, getting off social media was incredible. Uh, you want to talk about a time suck. Dude, dude, just doom scrolling and, and just, it, it is a time suck. And I recognize that now and I try to stay off of it. And I, and like it, it sucks me back in. Dude, I, I do the same thing. I'm like ready-made with the excuse. Like if, and my wife and I are really good at, at kind of checking each other on that stuff, right? Like just making sure that we're present with each other and, and, and our daughter and, and family and stuff like that. I'm always ready-made with that excuse. Like, no, I'm, I, I don't have a personal, this is veteran made. Like I gotta be on here, you know? And I, and then I'm like, no, dude, what, why are you saying that? Like, no, just dedicate the time that needs to be dedicated for that purpose and then keep it moving, you know? Yeah. And I, and I stray, right. I, I like right now I'm in a, I'm in a bad spot that I am like always on it right now. And, yeah. And I will, I will check myself and then go, okay, cool. I, you know, and I'm off where I, <laughs> I travel a lot and that is where I, uh, fall into that rut and that trap is, you know, I'm at the airport. Okay, cool. I'm at a hotel room and I'm jet lagged and I can't sleep yet. Okay. I'll start scrolling. You know, it's like, Oh man, this is really bad. Um, but yeah, I, I only, I am only on social media right now because of the podcast. I came back on and cre created new accounts and all that kind of stuff just for the podcast, just to help promote it. Yeah. Um, what did, did you all, as you were talking to each other about posts and driving posts and posting from the ones ready account versus your own account. Like how, how, what was your kind of content strategy like there at the beginning? Was it just a volume game, just getting stuff out there and kind of seeing who would come or when did you start to think about how kind of when and what, what to post? So we did kind of, uh, we, we did have a plan and scheduled out. We wanted something every single day, a post every single day, except for, I think Saturday and Sunday. So Monday through Friday, and it was, it was really like, you can find pictures anywhere. Like all of us had a whole bunch of pictures. So that wasn't actually the deal. It was the, the caption. Um, 
and so we would we would just write like if I was on a plane or I was in an airport and I had an idea I would just write down the title and then go okay well when I have a chance to sit down I will expound on that and then we we created a template that was like this is what it'll look like and then we just fill in the gaps there and we no kidding I think we did the first year year and a half where it was a a post a day, Monday through Friday, which got to the point then where it was like, okay, like how much can I actually talk about? Which is kind of also when the the reels, I, Instagram reels started kicking off. Um, we go, okay, well, let's start doing it voice. That way people can actually hear us talk through it. And hey, it's easier for me to just hit record, do a 30 second video than it is to let me write this and make sure my grammar, my spelling and and it's coherent, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's kind of how we we did that. And then we have throttled back, and and we you'll see that we ebb and flow because all three of us are still active duty right now. And so it's a it's a time thing as well. And sometimes you do have to sacrifice some things for the for the others, but it's um it's so much fun and it's rewarding. So we just kind of grind through it. Yeah, it's funny. I remember at the beginning when I started Veteran Made, I I was posting like all the time. I was doing like two posts a, a day, right? Trying to do one reel and one kind of quote card and then trying to write captions that, that, you know, like the quote card was pulled from the the reel. So it was similar content, but didn't want it to be exactly the same. And then as I, as I cranked out more volume, I was able to throttle back, which obviously helped with the busyness. But then you're able to kind of like once you establish that presence and once you're there, kind of doing that you don't actually have to post nearly as much which which you know is is, is a good place to be but i'm also i don't regret that i did it the way that i did it you yeah. kind of it's good to get those reps right like if this is a new thing writing caption copy you know writing a quote card or like pulling you know uh videos and edits and things like that you want to make sure that you're learning along the way and learning you know when it's when it, the stakes are a little bit lower than you know than like now having people like you on where it's like i, I want to make sure that i'm i'm good enough at this that this is a really valuable thing when did you start to oh go ahead i was gonna say it's it's you know and it's something there's something to be uh, about authentic right authenticity is is your you know you and i we could we could come up with an, an infinite amount of posts of quotes or, or topics or something like that, but getting our actual take or opinion on it is, is what's more difficult. And that's what, I think that's what we're trying to capture here is, is okay, cool. Like if I say fail fast, right? Well, what does that, what does that actually mean? I know what it means. Aaron's opinion on it might be different. Your opinion might be different on it. So it's just getting that kind of authentic take on it. Yeah, I think that's a it, it's that's important, and it's it's also one of those things that um, I don't know if you have any like beta readers or if you have anybody outside of the other two guys that that will kind of take a look or listen to things. And I've I've got a couple of people like that in, in my life that listen to the podcast, and then a couple that don't, which is helpful, right? To to kind of get that triangulate the feedback. Um, and it's funny because yeah, fail fast. I have I, I know I've heard that obviously, and I know it, and I have my I have my 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 version of that. But it is also something that's pretty ubiquitous in culture now. So mm -hmm. people might get annoyed at it or might have that kind of fatigue, like oh great, another you know three operators talking about failing fast. Like great, that's exactly what I want to hear. But Beaches you have an authentic. Beaches is saying C word do work again. Great. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's all, but it's valuable. And if it's authentic, you want to try to like work your way through those things. And the other, the other thing that's weird about the algorithms too, is that 
recycling content is super important because everybody isn't going to see every post, which is bizarre to me still, but um, you actually can't recycle content enough, really. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, it, and I still don't understand the algorithms. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, you know, going back to the, the social media game, it's obvious that our, at least my focus is the ones ready account, not my own personal account. Cause I don't think right. I've posted on my personal account in a long time. I have, I've got zero growth. If anything, I probably have a declining <laughs> on my personal account because it's like, yeah. hey, I don't know, whatever, you know, I'd yeah. rather put all, I'd rather put more effort into the ones ready thing. than you know, I, That's yeah. That's how I feel. Obviously I don't have partners in the podcast. It's just me, but I toyed I, for a while because I have a day job and I, you know, I'm, I'm a, con I'm a contractor in my day job. So I want to make sure that I'm getting offered work opportunities and things like that. So I was like, well, should I, should I restart my, my personal account with my name and should I try to drive traffic? And then as I started having, you know, 12 seconds of that conversation in my head, the answer is absolutely not focus on, you know, the veteran made account and, and that's what it is. And, and, you know, keep, you know, keep it, keep it moving and keep focused, right? Like make sure that, that what you're doing is intentional because I think people might think, oh, I can start a podcast. I can just, I can hit record and have a conversation. That's actually not an easy thing to do because it's not just a conversation. It's for other people that aren't actually here right now, but are going to be here. Uh, and then you want to stay on track. And then you're like, oh, well, I can post on Instagram because I post on Instagram all the time. But it's like, yeah, you might post on Instagram all the time, but have you sat to actually write five captions for one week that are going to be relevant to yep. different segments of an audience? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do and um you get fatigue you do and it's like the difference so us us doing this or just hitting record on something i i'm perfectly comfortable with now in fact i'm so comfortable with it that i i am now whenever i do sit down with somebody who's like uh nervous like hey man it's cool we're just having a conversation but it's different for me when i go live like if, oh if yeah we do a, if we do a live instagram if we do a, a live YouTube or we go on discord and do a, a some live there, like it is a lot different. I, I guess I look at the recording as a safety blanket in a way, just because I know that if I really mess up or if I really say something that I'm like, Ooh, I shouldn't have said that I can go back and I can edit it, which doesn't really happen. Um, in fact, most people can go through our, our episodes and, and you won't see the jumpiness. Now you'll see it on our Instagram reels because I'm trying to truncate and meet the time for the, the 90 second time. But yep. other than that, like we don't edit out stuff unless a guest come on and goes like, Hey, uh, I really don't want to put that out there or I didn't phrase that the way I wanted it to. And I don't want it to be misconstrued. Like there, especially some of the senior leaders that we have on, you know, when we talk to general Menahan or general Webb or, or, uh, Chief Master of the Air Force Bass, like we have to be very cognizant that, especially when you, when you have a four-star general or even, you know, SimSAF, that when they say something that is heavily scrutinized and then it can quickly become policy. So we have to be very cognizant of how we're asking things or how we're talking to things and how we edit things. Yeah, I, I from the beginning, my my approach was I never wanted to edit. That's what I like about Rogan, right? It's just a conversation that isn't edited and he gets in trouble as guests get in trouble all the time for that stuff. And so I didn't want to necessarily lead people down that path, but I did, I didn't want it to ever be an edited podcast where 
I was just putting out the things that I wanted to put out. But again, with the caveat knowing that I'm going to be speaking to military or veteran guests to a military or veteran audience, and if there's a clearance issue or some sort of policy issue or things like that, obviously that would be the the one exception to that rule. And then same thing with the reels. Like you do want to make sure that there's that punchy jump cut kind of look and feel because you know people aren't going to really sit and watch the whole the whole 90 second reel anyway, right? And so you want to make it as entertaining as possible along the way. I'm curious. So when I was talking to Trent, Trent was talking about how his experience as an instructor and his experience writing the curriculum and all that uh, for for SR as it was uh, going from Saudi to to SR. That's really where he felt that his um, kind of desire and expertise to to work on this project to help um, trainees, um, potential trainees, go through the pipeline. That's where it was kind of born for him and where he felt comfortable. For you, obviously, you're a senior enlisted now. Um, were, you, were you senior enlisted when you, when the, when you started, I guess you would have been right. Uh, I had not made chief yet. I was, I was, I, I mean, I was a senior. You were a senior master. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, and I was at SOCOM headquarters at the time. So, um, yeah. Did you, did you have an instructor experience? Do you have extra instructor experience? So not at a basic level, no. Um, I mean, I, I was, you know, on, on the teams, I ended up being a, a joint terminal attack controller, instructor and evaluator and stuff like that. But really my instructor experience happened um, in 2011 when I was selected to go to the weapon school and stand up the, um, the initial cadre for the um, joint terminal attack controller or JTAC weapons instructor course. So that's, that was my instructor time. So it, for those that aren't familiar, or maybe, I don't know if you are, but, um, so the weapon school, so it maybe has top gun, which is, you know, all the movies are, it's where they take their best pilots, their best folks and, and send them there to be even better. The weapon school is the air forces version of that, except it's not just pilots. It's not just F 35, F 22, a 10. Like it's, it's all the above. There's 21 different squadrons with, some of the different squadrons have set multiple things like, for example, the JTACs have A-10. So it's A-10s and JTACs. Um, we have Intel, cyber, space. Um, all of the aircraft that we have all have their uh, each individual one. So you're already – and the, for the students to go through, they are already instructors in their particular platform – Right. So they're already, they're already good. Then they come to weapon school for five and a half months. And then we, we teach them how to instruct even better, even higher level tactical problems and strategic problems, uh, on a multitude of different things. Uh, so that's kind of what we do at the weapon school. So that was my, my instructor experiences. I came there and I taught. So we wrote all the curriculum, we built the course, and then I stayed on, I think I was, out of the initial cadre that, that showed up, I think I was the last one to leave just because I was an E6 at the time, uh, E7 when I left, but yeah, an E6 at the time. So that's that's my instructor experience, which has been amazing. And now I'm back. So it's great. Yeah. So what um, has a maintain? I always wanted to get that. I mean, I wasn't going to stay in past four years, but it's like those are the assignments as a maintainer, especially as a, as a weapons loader. It's like how you want to get get one of those because they're just, you know, busy. they're, you know, they're fun assignments. You know, you know, you're busy. Um What's, uh, so I, I guess I wasn't trying to lead you to all that, that, that was super helpful, um, context and I'm not trying to necessarily lead you in that direction, but I guess what, 
what part of this project of One's Ready in terms of getting the trainees ready really excited you the most? I know you said, you know, giving back to the community and, and, and wanting to make sure that that kind of the next gen up, next man up kind of thing. But what really excited you about providing leadership and accountability and and kind of process transparency for these trainees, for your audience? Like what got you excited about One's Ready? Oh boy, that's um, I, I could go really deep with that, or or and cheesy, or or not. But do it, all um, the above. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? So it's just being instructing is fun. Um, I I think like seeing that that kind of light bulb flicker on with somebody that finally they they get it. Um, it's fun. I mean, and and we experience this on the team whenever you're getting brand new three levels in from tech school or from the pipeline and you, you upgrade them to get them their five level, then their seven level, or you send somebody out the door on a deployment, they actually get in some fights and they see some stuff like somebody who's really, really cocky and arrogant. And then they go on a deployment, they, they go through some stuff and they come back and they're quiet, they're humbled. And they're like, ah, okay. Now, now you get it. Now you see where we're coming from. Where we kept telling you like, relax or don't act like this. Don't act like that. Now you see it. So it's, and, and what, to tie it back to like our kids now that, that is our kids are the most important thing. That, that is more, the most important job I have is making sure that I raise good humans, good adults. Cause I'm not trying to raise kids. I'm trying to raise adults. Because I need them to be good, uh, productive adults. Um, I need them to care for people. I need them to, if somebody's in trouble, I need them to be able to step in the way, whether that's a bully or whether that's a criminal or somebody needs help because there's a car burning or something like that. Like I, I, I want to teach them and mold them to be that kind of person. Same goes for brand new airmen or brand new recruits. The, like they are who's taking over for us. We are always building our replacement. So that's what, I, that is what I I am trying to do. And, and Aaron, a trader, we are trying to build our replacements because um, we want them to be better than we ever were. Um, and again, that's cheesy, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's true. It's authentic. And it's actually like how I feel like I want, I want to set them up for success because I think in the future, in the probably near future, they are going to have problem sets that they have to solve that we never had to at all. Um, I mean, we had difficult problem sets to solve, but not not like they're going to have to. More than likely. I mean, nothing, nothing's for sure, but that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a different... Everything trends the way that, that, that it seems like it's going to be a different kind of war that they're, that they're going to be fighting. Um, and, and can you double click on the, I've heard all three of you say that, and, and could you double click on as a leader, as senior enlisted, and as somebody who genuinely means it when they say, I want the next man up to be bigger, faster, stronger, better than I ever was. Like, what does that mean as a leader to have that feeling, that mindset, and to actually work towards that goal. I, I do think that it's, it seems like that's, um, that, that that's more common in the soft community than in other communities. 
both in the military and outside the military, because I see a lot of older people, a lot of leaders get jealous of the people that have more tech, more assets, more physical therapy, more insert all the, all the things, right? <laughs> what does it, what does it mean to actually, to, to, to believe that, to feel that, to live that? Ooh, um, okay. Well, I do have to press it. Like, don't, don't change your language, but I, I, I do not look at myself as a leader. I do not like, I think going something totally different. I think we use that term way too much. I, I think, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, Why? No, I, I go there first. Let's go there. I want to hear. Cause I think that people like I've been hearing it for years. It's like, well, you know, as leaders or I'm a leader and I feel like we, we tell people, yeah, I'm a leader. I should, you should be following me. No, dude, I got to earn that. Like, and I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't put myself in that kind of position to where like I, right now I have positional power, right. Or I'm in a positional leadership, right. Um, I just authority, to, right. I, I have authority because of my position. Okay, cool. I can tell people what to do. I don't want to tell people what to do. Like I, I really don't. I, I just want people to do the right thing. If you know what's right and what needs to be done, just do it. Just do your job. Um, I think I have to earn the respect, to earn the trust, to earn the followership of folks. So just because the Air Force or the soft community tells me that I'm a leader or puts me in that position, it's like it doesn't mean anything. I could go attached to a SEAL team or whatever right now and you better believe that I've got to earn my keep. That, sure, they they know that a CCT attached to them is added benefit. Maybe. Maybe they've had all great ones. Maybe they've had a, a bunch of great ones and then one that was like a turd or just, you know. And so now that's, that's the piece that sticks with them, the turd piece, right? So I have to go prove myself. Uh, with them. I have to go, when I went to the 22nd Special Tactics Squadron from SOCOM, I had to go in there and sure, everybody recognized me. Hey, okay, chief, like, got it. I still had to earn their respect. I had to earn their trust. I had to earn their open and honest communication. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of where I go with that. Like, I just, I, we just throw it out too much leaders. I think the, the word. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm glad, I'm glad we double clicked on that because I didn't mean that you're a leader because you're senior enlisted. I meant you're a leader because you're on the ones ready project and you are actually working. To, I'm serious because you're working towards actually equipping the next man up the next gen that that's what I meant. And so I think that like what you just said is absolutely true. My, my dad, um, you'd always say that, that you know, there's, you know, authority in the position, but leadership comes from the person, right. And you absolutely have to earn it. Um, through, you know, tr trust is earned through, through character, through, you know, what you do or through how you do it, competence through what you do in connection to, to kind of how you do it with other people uh, and for other people. And so there's absolutely completely cosign on everything you just said and completely agree. And I'm glad we went there because I, I was asking as, as, as somebody, because it's not easy to put yourself out there as, uh, as a podcaster, as a content creator, as somebody who genuinely wants the next gen to have better tools and like, you know, it'd be easy to kind of be, be jealous of these, like, you know, the Air Force does ANS now in a way that it didn't before. And, you know, it's like, it, so it's like, but so what, what, I guess I'm, I'm curious from the heart, 
how do you kind of live that every day? Like, what does that actually look like? That mindset lived out look like to you? I, if I, if I'm answering the question correctly, I, I think it is understanding that I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Understanding that progress is a good thing. Um, and that every, nothing that, you know, nothing's perfect, regardless of whatever selection it is, whether it's, you know, Ranger School, Buds for SEALs, uh, Q Course for SF, you know, ANS and, and SWIC and the entire pipeline for Air Force Special Warfare. Like, nothing's perfect. Things can change. Things can be improved. And you should go with that. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's probably a jealousy thing, maybe, for folks that are like, well, it wasn't like that when I went through maybe it's probably also a, they don't know any better. They just hear whether it's, you know, on social media or they hear somebody complaining about it that, Oh, well these, you know, kids these days kind of thing, instead of actually going like, we had the same thing when the pipe, when the pipeline uh, changed from NDOC to to what it is now, um, that was a major, major shift and change for everybody. And the instructors at SWIC and ANS and the pipeline took the brunt of it. Like, oh, what are you guys doing? You guys are, you know, weakening folks and, you know, you're not, they didn't go through what we did. But so, the, so they were taking that. And then we ended up doing a, a trip out there, a lot of the senior leaders, because they're like, well, what is this? After they got it all, all the, not all the, the kinks, but, you know, some of the kinks worked out of it. We went out there and we, for several days, um, and we, we didn't do the events with folks, but you know, in the middle of the night we were there watching during the day we were watching. And I remember sitting on that pool deck and watching what some of those folks were going through going like, dude, I am so glad that that is not me right now because, and, and believe me, I, I lived it. I lived stuff as hard, harder, or easier than than what they were doing, but it was like, dude, I know me and I know how I performed back then. And I would be, I would be dying on this event. And, um, so after that, it was like, Hey, you know, any concerns that, that folks had about the, the pipeline has gotten easier or they're taking it easier on folks. It's just not true. Are there anomalies where, um, you know, things happen or, or, um, be careful here. Make sure I don't say anything. Are, are there times where things did not work the way they were intended to? Sure. But that's everywhere though. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, it does. It does. And it's, it's the, I think it's, it's the mark of, of like a functional humility, right? Where you look at something and you're like, you're like, man, I'm not sure how I would respond to that event. Right. I'm not sure how I would, how I would do there. Right. Like that's, that's functional humility because it's super easy and, 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 and maybe it's not jealousy. Maybe it's, and we can parse it out and try to figure out what the right word is, but it doesn't really matter because you, you hit it where it's like, Oh, the kids these days, it wasn't like that, but I went through, you know, I had to walk up, up, I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow barefoot to go to school. It's like, you know, that, that mindset kind of has always bothered me just since I was a kid, which makes sense. Cause you hear it as a kid and you're annoyed by it. But then as I got older and then I, and I, I went through, you know, the version of Indoc and it's like, you, you, you realize that that is a, a, that is a, not just a bad way to, to look at the world. It's a bad way to operate in the world. And you're not setting yourself up for the best version of yourself. And you're certainly not 
setting up the next generation for for the best versions of, of themselves either. And, and it like requires like a certain, or it, it puts a certain expectation on on uh, on a it, it's it's dynamic, right? Like there's moving parts to this, and it's complex, and these are human beings that are going through, uh, you know, human systems going through a human design system. So it's going to be um, imperfect. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is going to be imperfect. And, you know, uh, I keep meaning to say it, but then I lose track. It happens, uh, whether that's age or TBIs or whatever. But, like, <laughs> the, the veteran community, and, and this is, I'm not saying this to discourage anybody, but the veteran community, especially folks that have separated or retired, can be, can be a very toxic community. Whereas, Hey, um, I I don't like that you're doing that. I'm going to tear you down or I don't like that you're being successful. I'm going to tear you down. And it's, it's, it's not great. It's really toxic. Um, now the good thing is that there are pockets of, of folks, veterans that are trying to change that tide. They are trying to, you know, you've got two hands for a reason as you're climbing up the ladder is to reach down and help somebody else back up. That's the way it should be. So instead of tearing people down and if you find yourself being jealous or trying to tear somebody down, just take a step back and go like, there's plenty of plenty of work, plenty of money, plenty of, of whatever to go around. Everybody can, can be successful. You don't have to be the only one that is, that is crushing it. Somebody else can too, and you should probably help them instead of tearing them down. And if you see somebody self or see somebody else succeeding, maybe see if they need any help or see if if uh, I don't know. Just just don't tear people down. It, it, that's that's just bugs me. And it's again, I'm not saying it to to um, you know discourage anybody from joining or anything like that. It's just right now the veteran community can be toxic and and we got to change it. Completely agree. I think, and I think there's a, I look at it as an opportunity, right? I look at it as because there is toxicity there. That means there's an opportunity to, um, to, 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 uh, well, I say that word cause it's loaded, but, uh, to, I'll say inoculate to, to inoculate against that. Right. Uh, is, is the, is the, it's an opportunity, right? People, people will see problems and, and say to themselves and to the people around them, um, that's a problem. Somebody should do something about it. Whereas we can look at that and say, there's some problems there. What can I do? What can we do? What do you need? Let's, let's get together and, and see if there's ways that we can test and learn on some solutions here that will give us all the opportunities that we want to have our own experiences, to have our own lanes, to have our own silos, our own verticals, right? Like, why would I not suppose one's ready and veteran made are not competing against each other for anything. One's ready and veteran made are supplementing each other, right? Yeah. We, we are, we are supporting where we need to support and being supported where we need to be supported. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at, um, using somebody who's pretty high profile veteran, um, that is successful. Look at Jared Taylor. Um, you know, he caught, a lot of crap when he was still active duty, when he was, you know, right, right, wrong or indifferent. Like I don't agree with everything that JT says or thinks, but like I've known him for a while now. He was an active duty attack P then he went guard and then finally got out while he was in, he had started article 15 clothing. 
he had started Black Rifle with with Evan Hafer and, and Matt Best and those guys. They were doing videos on YouTube, um, comedy videos. Uh, and now, as successful as he is, he still catches a buttload of crap from the veteran community, from his own community, the own TACP community. Now, Jared is not perfect. He is, you know, n- none of us are, right? Um, JT is critical of Air Force Special Warfare. He's critical of the DOD. He's, you know, that's fine. He should be. Every Everybody should be critical. I want people to be critical of me because that is only going to make me better. Understanding though, like with a little bit of grace, is that I'm not going, I am going to make mistakes. JT is going to make mistakes. But he has put TACP on the map, right? Nobody knew what TACP was before him, but he put it on the map. He has donated thousands upon thousands of dollars to different charities, different foundations to help out. I, I just, and this is not me trying to have a love affair with JT, but it's like, I have seen the crap that he gets. How about Aaron? The amount of crap that Aaron gets from, from folks is insane. I mean, Aaron is a good dude. He's not perfect, but he's a good dude, you know? So let's, uh, again, and, and I love the meme pages. I, I love them. And I think, so, man, we're really getting off topic here. The meme pages. I think they are extremely important and I think they are doing a great service. So all, all of those meme pages, all, all the, all the small and the big ones. And I think senior leaders to use that term need to use those in a, in a positive way. Um, Cause those meme pages be under the, you know, because they're anonymous instead of trying to do a witch hunt and find out who they are, you should use that as some kind of climate survey or a you know little dipstick to see what the climate of of your folks are and, and an objective look at decisions or actions that were that were made because that is real time feedback that you are getting from somebody who's being brutally honest to you with with some um, with some comedy involved. Uh, Instead of going, you know, because not everybody wants to just sitting in front of you. I'm just going to give you this very direct feedback, tell you how messed up you are and how what you're doing or how, how you slighted me or whatever, you know, slighted this community. But using the meme pages with some comedy and go like, boy, yeah, that maybe I uh, should have done that different. Or no, dude, I have more, uh, more of the variables to the equation than you do. And that's why I did this and I'm yeah. not going to be able to make a perfect decision. So that's the decision that we went with, or this is the direction we went. And I promise you there are more variables to the equation that you don't have. Um, and that's one of the things that I learned as, as I've grown up is, you know, before I was just like, God, stupid ass decisions is this now that I'm sitting here, I'm going like, okay, well I'm making imperfect decisions based off of the information I have. And I can only come up with an 80% solution and I've got to make a decision because I can't sit here and, and hesitate and wait on it. Yeah. I mean, completely right. And on the subject of the, of the meme pages, there's sometimes it's not possible to give that direct feedback. And sometimes that direct feedback actually isn't going to be heard the way that that person would want it to be heard the way that person intends it. And so in the military, we have this unique, um, 
we have this unique, uh, I guess, sense of humor, style of humor. You know, you've got the latrine humor, you've got the memes, right? You've got uh, actually the day we're recording this or the week that we're recording this, my episode with with uh, Eric Strand, who does War Murals projects, went live. And so, you know, you know I was kind of going through some of that content this week. And we, we, he and I had talked about how, you know, the the latrine humor and the 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 things that we would write on these t walls uh, over overseas is it's it's actually it's more than just documentation of history. It's actually a way that we are communicating to each other with each other and also to leadership because you can't always just say exactly what you think exactly what you feel in any given situation. And I think you're absolutely right. Your call to them to pay more attention to that in a different way, come at it from a different angle to try to understand rather than just to try to root out or denigrate or punish, uh, I think is, you know, would be an extremely valuable um, asset or set of assets for them to, to audit because it would, it would tell them the things that they really need to hear rather than just the things that, that they want to hear and, I mean, and what, go through that discomfort. Yeah. I mean, like, so what is one of the most recent things? Um, the, the VA, uh, cutting thing. And again, there are some nuances in there. Some, some things blew it up when it wasn't actually accurate reporting some, you know, but things like that never would be highlighted if it weren't for, you know, lowercase dooms or terminals, CWO or, or any, you know, 18 disaster, all these, all these meme pages, um, drinking bros, right. Dan Holloway on drinking bros and, and Ross Patterson and, um, Vet, you talk about the sense of humor, right? Drinking bros and vet TV. I mean, yeah. we are probably the only folks that that understand that and get that comedy, yeah. right? Yeah, I, it's just it's we just speak to each other differently. Uh, mandatory yeah. fun day, uh, one punch. Uh, fuck, I always mess up his thing. The, the warrant officer, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. at the start, yeah. day, like it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it just I, they're it, it's doing a- really important stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's, we could, we could certainly go all the, all the way down that rabbit hole, yeah. but yeah, check those pages out and, and agree. I'll probably chop this up and, and tag them and people can find them, but we'll, 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 we'll certainly table that. But I, I, I agree. I think it's important. And your, your point about JT and I, I don't know JT, um, but I think your point about him is, is, is uh, emblematic of other people in our community um, who have experienced similar um critique, criticism, uh, what, what have you, there's, there's, there is something about, listen, we, we went through 20 years of a war kind of unlike this country had ever really seen before. And so what comes out of those unique experiences is going to be unique perspectives. And then we made so much progress during that time from a, um, from a digital standpoint that there's now all these opportunities that, that, and it ties back to what we were talking about, like what you're providing for the next generation of, of aspect, aspect work candidate, like, the the there's so much has happened in the last 25 years over the span of you know your career and and from you know a little bit before I joined that like of course it's going to be messy of course it's going to of course people are going to make mistakes of course people are going to have different perspectives and people are really starting to see that the military community is not the monolith that everybody thinks it is right and it's like we're 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 not all just like you know to make fun of me and Aaron we're not all just like you know white dudes from Ohio like there's a bunch of different people in the military who have different experiences different perspectives and they're bringing it to bear um on on this kind of new digital landscape that we're all operating in you know it's like I, I would say to most people like just get over yourself and listen and have a conversation or keep your mouth shut and keep it moving mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I mean we're we're not 
the DOD is not perfect, you know, uh, and, and again, it's run by humans. So we make mistakes. Um, man, I, I almost went down a, a <laughs> different path that we definitely, I, I know you want to pull the thread on it. We definitely, no, 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 but I feel you. you Let's, know, yeah. we've got, we've got people from all different communities, all different backgrounds, rich, poor, middle-class, all different States, different U S territories like Puerto Rico and stuff like that. We've got folks that come, um, that immigrate and join the military because they want to serve. I, man, I was just at a, a an event a couple weeks ago where a doctor from Chad or Nigeria or something like that decided to join the Air Force. Like he was a trained doctor, decided to join the Air Force um, because he's like, I have I had seen what U.S. troops had done in my country uh, from a positive note. He goes, and I wanted to also join and give back uh, just to show appreciation. I was like, dude, that's incredible. Are you, are you kidding me right now? Like, so we have a diverse group of people um, that are doing incredible things. And I think if, if people, you know, obviously there's classification issues, but if you could see the problem sets that are airmen, soldiers, guardians, um, sailors, coasties are trying to solve. I think there'd be a, a, um, I mean, they're very hard problems with limited resources right now, especially in a, a, a resource constrained environment like we are living in right now. It's not like it was with Afghanistan and Iraq where it was like, everything's getting thrown, you know, um, there are very challenging problems that our folks are, are getting after it. And it's, it's awesome to see the ingenuity and stuff like that. And the problem solving skills that these folks are having or have. Yes, I agree. Very good answer. We'll, we'll, we'll take you out of territory that'll, that, that will, uh, that, 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 would, you, that, can, that, that would, navigate. no, I know, I know, no, no, it's good. It's good. And, and yeah, there's, there's certainly a conversation there. I think it's interesting, but it is, you know, I do think to underscore, you just said it's important for people to, to, to recognize what, you know, who is enlisting and commissioning what they're doing, what they're up against and how they're being equipped and how they're not being equipped. And there's also, you know, that is an age old, that that's never going to go away. It's never gone away. It's always been, um, you know, uh, the, the military has always been a part of, of a bureaucracy and always will be a part of a bureaucracy. So there's always going to be the push and the pull. Um, and then let's put these resources here and put those resources there. And so that's always going to exist. But the, the goal is, is of, of the Ones Ready Project and, and everything else is to make sure that we're equipping the next generation with the, the most opportunity that we can and in the sandbox that, that, that we're playing in. Um, so in terms of, in terms of, um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because you're, you know, a year plus, couple of years away from retiring. But I, I've, I've got a chief here. Like, I want to, I want to talk. Like, how do you look at the end of your career, and how do you look at the next step for yourself? And like, what are you doing to prepare for your next opportunity? Mm. Um, I am. So I, I don't know what my timeline is going to look like right now. Um, it, you know, it could could be a year ish. Could be could be two years left. Or, I mean, it could be more, but uh, like right now I'm, I'm kind of going for the five meter targets and just seeing what, what pops up. Um, so I'm going through special operations transition foundation. Um, so S S O T F.org. Uh, they are helping me out. 
in terms of kind of introductions, making sure my resume is done. Like I'm actually going today to go get headshots made for a resume and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what's great is, and it, they're not the only one, like there are other ones. There's honor foundation. There's, um, Air Force Special Warfare Taps. There's there's a whole bunch of like so many people want to help. Elite Meat is a great one. Which yep. shout out to them. I've worked with them before. Yep. Right. You know, there's so many of them out there, which is humbling because so many people want to help. Um, so I'm I just happen to be using them um, because we know some of the same people. Um, so they'll help with intro to some of the corporate world. Help um, with workshops on on how to navigate the retirement and the VA system and stuff like that. Um, so I'm using them for, for that kind of work job transition. And then I'm using Will Markham's um, project one veteran at a time to, to navigate the, the veteran affairs retirement thing, because that alone is a, a maze, a labyrinth, if you will, to, to work through. Um, and it's better to get, and so I recommend that to anybody use somebody else to navigate the, the VA, uh, retirement process, because it is extremely complicated and, and the math doesn't work out the way that you would think it would. And it's just, it's, so that's who I use. I use project one veteran at a time for, for the VA stuff, special operations, transition foundation for the, the job stuff. And then hopefully if I get a chance, I'll be able to do skills bridge. So the DOD has a skills bridge program, whereas you go from active duty, active duty to retirement. But in between there, you do a, a four to six month internship at a, not at a company of your choice. They do have to be approved, but you can kind of, if, if you had interest in a field that you're like, Ooh, I like, I'll just say Amazon because Amazon's right here in Vegas. You know, you could go do an internship with Amazon um, to help that kind of transition. It's supposed to help out from going active duty to active duty, just keeping going, deploying, training, stuff like that to now, okay, now you're retired and now you need to go find a job because honestly, man, I'm I'm institutionalized at this point, right? I've been doing this job for this long. This is all I know now I'm about to get out and I'm relatively young in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So that's what these companies and, and the skills bridge is supposed to help you do is help you navigate that so that you can try, give you the, set you up to land on your feet versus in a, in kind of a, could be a scary place for some. No doubt. Skill bridge is skill bridge is great. And just so everybody who's listening knows that's available to people, to military members that are separating, not just military members that are retiring. Um, t- talk about something, right? That like I could easily be jealous of, right? I didn't have skill bridge when I was getting out. I had to I didn't figure out it all out on my own, right? It's like, yeah, that's kind of where this podcast was born. It's like I had to Scooby Doo my way through that process. I'm so happy that everybody else has that opportunity that I didn't have. You get to go do an internship and and get your you know pay from the from the military and and really test something out and meet people and really understand how things work inside of a corporate environment um, that, you know, you might think the military is corporate, but I will tell you this, it is absolutely not uh, as compared to an actual corporate, uh, actual corporation or an actual small business or an ad agency or a marketing agency or a sales team or whatever it might be. It's, it's very different. So, um, you know, go get those opportunities. And, and, uh, and also for those listening, I mean, this is a chief who's one, two, maybe more than two years away from retirement and is already 
doing these things. Like I, I think that's really important that people remember that you can't start this process early enough to make sure that you're set up for your next adventure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a time consuming process and you never understand it when you're, you know, six years in and you're looking at, looking at a chief that's, that's, uh, or, or anybody that's getting out. That's like, dude, how many freaking appointments do you have? Like, this is crazy. And it's like, you were, you were exiting a, whether again, it's, it's the same process, whether you're in for four years, six years, 10 or 25, you're like, dude, I'm exiting a, a, this is a machine. The, the DOD is a, a massive machine and there's a lot of ways to finally that you got to kind of get your, your tentacles out before you can finally separate yourself from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So to, to, to wrap things up, I've been asking an open-ended question, uh, um, on, on the podcast, uh, to, to each of the guests, like what, what in particular for, for our community is on your heart and on your mind right now, whether it's a piece of advice or whether it's just something you want to get off your chest, what's, uh, what's on your heart, what's on your mind? Honestly, I, I think I would go back to the, the veteran community, uh, toxicity. Like that's, that is something that it, it bugs the, the loving, ever loving shit out of me. I don't know if I can cuss or not. But you can. Okay. It, it, it really does bug me. And um, like, it's something that we've got to change. And I, and I've, I've talked to friends about it. I've talked to some other folks that have been out for a while uh, about it and they, they recognize it too. And when I say it to them, they're just kind of like, yeah, dude, welcome. Welcome to the party. You're just now seeing this. Yeah. And it's like, man, why, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we, I mean, these are, these are folks that we, um, we're standing next to like, you know, in for just to use a metaphor, you know, in the trenches, right. We, we are going through the same stuff and I would have happily died for this person or, or, you know, jumped on a grenade for this person. And now they're, they're tearing, tearing me or tearing other veterans apart. It's like, what, dude, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Let's just build each other up the best we possibly can help out when needed help out. Even if you don't think somebody does, let's help, let's help them out somehow. If we can be there for them, understand that people are dealing with, um, certain levels of trauma, you know, whether it's TBIs and they actually have no idea what they're, what they're doing or saying. Yeah. Not, not that they're crazy, but just like sometimes with the adrenal fatigue and the TBI, maybe you, you snap at somebody a little bit, faster than you normally would in your college dude what the hell was that but then going like okay man maybe they're just going through you know one of those phases like i go through phases where i have a speech impediment like pretty pretty bad like i like i just trip over my words it was, it was bad the other week i had to read five decorations off in front of people and i'm just like but it was so bad and embarrassing but at the same time it's like guys I, I can't help it it just woke up this morning and i had it so um just giving people grace and helping them up whenever they need it yeah i think that's well said the 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 thing um kelsey sheeran and i were talking about this there's too many resources too many organizations, you named off four nonprofit organizations that help special operators transition out of the military. It's not a race to 
get all of the resources for yourself. There's plenty of resources in this community to go around. We're, we're lucky that we're a part of a community that is generally apolitical. So you're going to get help from everybody in the country. You're going to get recognition from everybody in the country. You're going to have more opportunities from nonprofits and corporations and small businesses and you know, all the way down to the the the, the freaking discounts that we get at Chipotle every Veterans Day. You know, it's like there's too many resources, too many opportunities. We're not fighting over them. We shouldn't be fighting over them. Everybody has a different experience. Everybody's a different service experience. Some served, you know, more than others. Some served less than others. Served some served, you know, outside the wire. Some loaded bombs, you know, from from Bagram, and and some never deployed because that just wasn't their lot when they enlisted or when they commissioned, they were never given the opportunity to deploy because their unit just didn't for some reason. So just because your experience was different um, and your service was different, doesn't mean it was better or worse than anybody else's. And we really should not be fighting over these resources. We should be sharing them with each other and, and we should be giving each other as much, like you said, grace and space and opportunities as we, as we possibly can. Yep. Yeah. No, well put. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Where can, so where can folks find, find you and the podcast on, on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so we're at one's ready at one's ready on Instagram at one's ready on Twitter. Um, I, I think we're, I know we're on Facebook. I just don't know what it is. Um, and then on YouTube we're we're one's ready or we are at one's ready. Um, so we're on Apple podcast, Spotify, uh, YouTube. I think all, all of the audio folks. Um, and then like my personal one is at CCT peaches. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I think something like that. It's something like that. Again, I wouldn't go to, if you're looking for content, don't go to yeah. my personal one, just go to one's yeah. ready and then yeah. it, you'll be there. Like, like that's again, I'm not posted on my personal account at all. Really? No doubt. Well, we will, we will tag it all. We'll link it all out and, um, really appreciate you and your time, uh, uh, this, this episode and, and, and this month uh, for the for the whole team at One's Ready and, and all the work that you're doing for the community and for the next generation of, of special uh, Air Force Special Warfare. And uh, I'm quite certain this won't be the last time that we hop on Riverside and, and report another conversation, uh, just us or with the other dudes as well. So, Peaches, appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me. All right. We'll see you. Bye.